Mile High Football with Mark Schlereth is powered by Ideal Home Loans. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Football Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Hey guys, Mark Schlereth here. Welcome into the Mile High Podcast. And let's get started with the breaking news. Less than 48 hours ago, the Denver Broncos cut longtime kicker Brandon McManus. And, you know, it's really interesting. The last connection to the Super Bowl 50 team. And, you know, when you start kind of digging into why would this happen at this particular time, I think there's several things that you need to look at. Now, they brought in some kickers. They brought in Brett Maher, um, who we all remember him in the uh, at the end of the Dallas season or in the playoffs, missing all those uh, all those kicks. I think he missed five of six kicks or something, extra points, the whole nine yards. It was. It got to the point where it was really hard to watch. They brought him in, um, a guy by the name of Elliot Fry, who's kicked six total field goals in his NFL career. I think he was with 10 different teams since 2019. Um, he's, he's made five of the six kicks. And then um, a guy by the name of, uh, of, I think it's Parker White, who's never actually kicked in the NFL before. But going back to Brandon McManus, who, let's face it, he's been a very good, um, quote-unquote, elite top-paid kicker in this league for a very, very long time. And you ask yourselves, well, why why would this happen? Like, why would Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos make this decision? And I think there's a couple of things. If you look back to last year, he had an off year. Uh, he was ranked 28th of 34 kickers when it came to making field goals 50 yards and in. And in my day, you kicked a 50-plus yarder, man. That was like, that was one of those, hey, it's, you know, I don't want to say a 50-50 proposition, but um, there was just about as many misses as makes. Now, that is extended. Like, I look at when I'm calling games on Fox I think about, hey, man, if you're kicking it inside 55, 55 is kind of like the light, the line of demarcation. If you're kicking it inside 55, I expect the kickers in today's game to make that. Um, that wasn't so in, in my day. And anything inside 50, 49 and beyond, come on. Like, like you got to make 100% of those. Like, that's, that's the game we play. So he was ranked 28th of 34 when it comes to making those kicks. So an off year to be sure. Now, you would expect him to have a bounce back year, but he's been in this league for a very long time, I think since 2014, and the last connection to that Super Bowl 50 team, as I mentioned earlier. All right? So then there's the fact that he's one of the highest-paid kickers in the league. I think he's number eight overall as highest-paid guys. So now you look at off year, big salary. We can, you know, we can move that. And you think about... You know, your rookie your rookie salary, you've got a second rounder, a couple third rounders, all that kind of stuff. Like, you could take Brandon McManus's salary and probably pay for your rookie class. So there's that aspect of it. But I think something that else, there's something else that goes into this decision is the fact that Brandon is a team captain. Brandon has, has been around. He's the, you know, he's the guy that's in charge of the, the players. He's a player's rep for the Players Association. Um, there's an aspect of of this move to me that really is about establishing a new culture and also establishing a little bit of fear from your head coach, which I think is an important aspect of any organization. I think one of the issues that you've had over here is there hasn't been a coach that's truly been empowered since Gary Kubiak left. 
they've been appointed but not empowered. And because they haven't been empowered, there hasn't been a lot of consequences to bad play. And that's when all of a sudden bad play becomes the norm and you don't really know like what it is to play well, what it is to sacrifice, what it is to to pay attention. I say this about this team all the time. Man, they don't really understand what it takes to win in this league. And so Sean Payton comes in and he is an adult in the room that has to establish a new culture and has to make sure guys understand what the what's expected of them and that there will be consequences if those expectations aren't met. And so I go back to the offseason. What's one of the first things that became apparent or one of the first things that became um, verbalized? Hey, our wide receiving core, those guys are up for trade. Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, you're both on the trading blocks. Like, that that's shocking. If you're inside that locker room, that reverberates in that locker room. And then all of a sudden, hey, uh, Brandon McManus, you had an offseason last year. You're our longest tenured Bronco. Yeah, you no longer play here. See you around sometime. Good luck. You know, hey, Brandon McMahon, we'll never forget you, Brendan. Like, that's that's the feel. And that those things resonate inside a locker room. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Sean Payton. And, hey, man, I love Brandon. Yeah, I would consider Brandon a friend. Um, but I also understand how this game works. And I understand the culture that needs to be changed. And I understand the accountability that needs to happen within that building. And I, for one, think that's a good thing. We'll see exactly who they sign. Um, I hope it doesn't come back to bite them in the butt. But the bottom line is McManus is now kicking for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's no longer with your Denver Broncos. All right. How about this in Seattle? Like, Seattle hasn't won enough already. So this news just out of Seattle is a year after the trade, a year after Russell Wilson got moved to the Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks got a slew of draft picks and talent and players and the whole nine yards, and they go to the playoffs with Geno Smith. They go to the player playoffs with some of the Broncos' former players. They get the draft choices, and the Broncos, you know, fall on hard times, continue on hard times, win only five games. Now, all of a sudden, that number three jersey that Russell Wilson wore, what, for 10 seasons there, nine Pro Bowls, all of a sudden, that number three jersey was given to a backup cornerback named Artie Burns, former first-rounder for for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Artie Burns, not only is he a cornerback, he sounds like some guy that can do your taxes. And now he's wearing number three. I mean, if that is not the ultimate in lack of respect... Um, and I think, me personally, I think it goes to show you exactly how the Seahawks feel about Russell Wilson. There's just another slap in the face that, dude, we're glad you're gone. We don't like you. We're going to make sure that uh, every opportunity to rub it in, we're going to take that opportunity subtly. And they'll deny it. And they'll say, oh, we didn't even think about it, whatever. But that's a bunch of garbage. And um, I, there's part of me that really respects it. And there's part of me that thinks it's a total garbage move. But the bottom line is this. If that doesn't continue to mu- uh, to to muster up something in Russell Wilson, if that doesn't continue to motivate Russell Wilson to uh, bounce back from maybe the worst season he has ever had uh, in his football career, then nothing will. Because, man, I, I tell you what, that is just a real jerk move. 
um, by the Seahawks. And like I said, it's one that I kind of respect. So um, hopefully that is one of those things that really, really motivates Russell Wilson. And lastly, before I let you guys go, Andrew Mason, all you got to turn into is um, um, what denversports.com. Andrew Mason writes an article about the five Broncos with the most approved in the 2023 season. Obviously, the easy one is Russell Wilson. Um, but I think there's a couple of guys that he left off his five, and I want to see what you guys think about that. All right, so he left the wide receiving core off of that. and Or excuse me, he didn't. He had Tim Patrick on that, but he left Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy off of that list. And I would change that. Tim Patrick, as a football player, has nothing to prove to me. That dude's a great football player. Now, He's got to, you know, overcome the ACL injury that he had, and we'll see exactly how he bounces back from that. Um, Cortland Sutton, to me, has proven since that ACL injury he had, he's proven that he's not truly a number one dynamic kind of threat any longer. He was for a while, but he's no longer that. And so I would say that he doesn't have a lot to prove to me because I think I know what he is. The guy that has the most to prove at the wide receiver position is Jerry Judy. You had, a, what, a four or five game stretch where you were really good, but you haven't been able to stay healthy back-to-back years. You've had way too many drops, and there are too many times that you're not involved or you don't understand the importance of secondary routes or blocking people or all those things. So you've got to prove, I think, to Broncos country that you're a good football player, not just a dynamic athlete, but a great football player. So to me, it's Jerry Judy that has the most to prove in that wide receiver position. Uh, he went on to say, you know, Randy Gregory's got a lot to prove from an injury standpoint. I agree with that. Um, Mathis, the corner opposite Sertan, I, I agree with that one. Um, didn't have anybody on the offensive line. I would say Lloyd Cushenberry's got to prove that he can be kind of a big-time center anchor in the middle of that offensive line. That's a, that's a question mark to me. Um, so we'll see exactly how that goes. But I thought it was an interesting article at denversports.com by Andrew Mason, and uh, one I suggest you check out, um, read that. And and what do you think? Hit us up. I don't know. I think you can like this or you can, you know, put a comment on this. But let me know what you think about uh, who the five, in your mind, the, the Broncos, the five Broncos that have the most approved um, outside of Russell Wilson, because we all know that's number one. Hey, listen, for everybody involved in the Mile High Football Podcast, we thank you guys so much for listening. want to thank our presenting sponsors, great folks over at Ideal Home Loans. Uh, great, great people over there at Ideal Home Loans. So check them out as well, and we'll be back with you guys next week. Mile High Football with Mark Schlereth is powered by Ideal Home Loans.